0: Hello, and welcome to another message from Aldinga Bay Baptist Church. If you'd like to find out more about us or what we believe, please visit aldingabaybaptist.org.au. Let's just pray, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for this day and um, for the way we've been able to remember it so far as we come here remembering the death of Jesus. Speak to us as we hear your word, on top of everything else we've already heard. We give you thanks for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. So we sort of say this every year that Easter is a great time for a long weekend, great time to get away with the family, but it's much more than that, isn't it? It's the time that is so sacred, it's so solemn, because we remember today the death of Jesus. It's so solemn. And so what we want to do in this little time of the sermon, short sermon, is just to have a look at uh, the words of Jesus on the cross and to reflect on those, the words at least that we find in the synoptic gospels. So that's Matthew, Mark and Luke. And they're pretty simple, really. Matthew and Mark are just one sentence effectively, all the same. And they are, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then in Luke's gospel, we have a little bit more, But the final words of Jesus in Luke's gospel on the cross, uh, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When I think about those two sentences, if you like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I think they're kind of, they are very contrasting. One is about grief, one is about despair, and the other one is really about peace, and it's about contentment as Jesus looks to his Father. So I want us to think about those this morning. I want us to just really reflect on what that teaches us or reminds us of, really. It's just that today is a service to reflect, isn't it, and to remember. What do those words remind us of? Really two thoughts, the grief of Jesus and the peace that he brings. So let me just take us through that, the grief of Jesus. Those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Are words of grief. And really, they come to us in two ways, by way of a reminder. Number one, there's a there's a background to those words, isn't there? When Jesus said those words, he wasn't the first person to utter them. They would have been uttered by many, many other people, largely because they're the words of Psalm 22. It's how Psalm 22 starts off exactly with that. And so what Jesus is doing is something that Jewish people and Jesus himself would have done many, many times. He was praying the Psalms. He was praying the scriptures as he was hanging on the cross. But as he was praying Psalm 22, it was amazing, really. He was also saying, I am the man of Psalm 22. That was written by David a thousand years before the ministry of Jesus, before crucifixion was ever invented. And yet, it's just ironic how much it pictures exactly what Jesus was going through. There we have, you know, someone in Psalm 22, someone's hands and feet are pierced, their limbs are stretched out of joint, their clothes are being cast lots for, they're surrounded by their enemies, and there are people just insulting, speaking insults to that person. And it's like Jesus is saying, look around as he quotes those words. I am the man of Psalm 22. It's as if he's saying, this is not just some horrible turn of events that has come my way, but this is God at work. He is doing something here. So those words come to us at that level, but they come to us at another level as well, a very deep and personal level for Jesus. Because when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's not just uttering a cry and praying the Psalms. He is talking about the grief of his own heart. Jesus is grieved on Good Friday. And the reason he's grieved is because Good Friday is all about judgment. And that's something that we're supposed to remember as we come to this event because there's a story in all three of the synoptics that comes out at the crucifixion that tells us this is about judgment. And it's this. It was now the sixth hour, which is a Jewish way of saying six hours since sunrise, noon, the middle of the day. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, that is until 3 p.m. So darkness. In apocalyptic literature, as many of you would know, darkness is always the idea of judgment. You know, God is pouring out his judgment onto this world in some capacity. And it's a beautiful picture of judgment, really, isn't it? Because it it just, it speaks of that. You know, darkness, the absence of light, there's hopelessness, there's nowhere to turn. You know, it's dark as Jesus dies on the cross because it's about judgment. But you've got to ask the question, where is the judgment directed? See, that's what we really have to ask as we come on Good Friday. Because there's two things going on. Number one, the world is worthy of God's judgment. And it's what the Bible speaks of from beginning to end. You know, ever since we took of the fruit and walked away from God, we have acted in shocking ways, both toward God and toward each other. It's true, isn't it? There's a somewhat famous saying is that, is that um, our hearts are more wicked than what we dare to believe. And I believe that's true. But just look at what's happening around the world in Ukraine at the moment, in the atrocities that are taking place there. So think about that. I think, you know, the soldiers that are carrying out those atrocities, what were they like when they were back at home? Were they monsters? Were they people that people said, these are terrible people? I doubt it. I think they would have been ordinary people just like you and I But when put in a certain set of circumstances, they act terribly. There's a quote that I read just recently. This is not exactly the quote, but I sort of paraphrased it a bit. It's about a a Russian man who lived in the gulags and saw great atrocities. And he said this. He said, we can't just divide humanity into groups of evil people and good people because the dividing line between good and evil runs through every single heart. And during the life of any heart, this line keeps changing places. Yeah, we are more wicked than what we dare to believe. And so the world is worthy of judgment. I don't find that hard to buy into. That's what the Bible says, and it seems to be my lived experience. But it's also true in somewhat of a famous statement. Not only are we more wicked than what we dare to believe, but we, we are more loved than what we dare to imagine. And that's exactly what is happening. Because the judgment that's being carried out through displayed through that darkness on Good Friday is not God judging the world, but is actually God pouring out his judgment on his son. Jesus is dying and suffering and being judged in our place. It's it's unmistakable is impossible to miss when you read through the scriptures. It's what it says in Isaiah 53 that we had read. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So that's it, isn't it? Jesus says those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's darkness over the whole land. As we come here on Good Friday, we remember that Jesus died as the God-forsaken God, the second person of the Trinity, took our place, substitute, took our punishment The triune God, in fact, was grieved. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at the depths of what took place and the punishment that was real. But the beauty of this is what we remember today, isn't it? The grief of Jesus seen through his words, but also the peace that he brings, which again is seen through his words. How's it go, Father... Into your hands I commit my spirit. Perhaps it doesn't say a lot, but it does say this. It says contentment. It says that Jesus is giving this over. There's a sense of fulfilment to everything that's just taken place. And that's because Jesus knows that he has just completed something, which is immense, which is everything. And as you read through the Synoptic Gospels again, it's interesting, there's another story that's told. It's not just the darkness over the land that's repeated in all three of the Synoptics, but there's another story. Let me just read it to you here in Luke's Gospel. While the sun's light failed, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. So that's told in every one of the Synoptics in the cross story as well. So what is that saying? Well, it's probably easily lost on us as Australians. But it's, we remember that in Jerusalem, when Jesus died, there was the temple, which is the most holy place on the planet for Jews. God himself resided there in some capacity. He fills the world, he fills the universe, but he fills the temple. And in the temple, there is the Holy of Holies, the place that the high priest can only enter once a year. It's off limits and it's kept from people's vision by the temple curtain. But on that day when Jesus dies, the curtain is torn in two. You say, what's that saying? It's about relationship, isn't it? See, this is the beautiful thing about the gospel. God the holy god who is just unimaginable the god who makes the universe the god who lives outside the universe the, the god for whom the universe is is the universe's environment that god is so great you can't look at the, we can't look at the sun without being destroyed how much more could we not look at god how great is he the one who put the sun and the stars in space. But that God, he made us for a relationship with him. And when Jesus dies on the cross, the temple curtain is torn and it's telling us that relationship is available because of what Jesus has done. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Or in John's gospel, it is accomplished. It is finished. Jesus completes this for us. So today, as we head into Easter, as we kick off this weekend, it's good to be here, isn't it? To hear the songs, to hear the word of God read, to hear it explained, to worship, and to remember that it's because of what Jesus did, his great grief which we should never play down because it's impossible to. His great grief brings us relationship with God. It says that we can know the infinite God and he knows us and he accepts us and he loves us. And the cross of Jesus says he will never turn away his child because of the price he has paid for you. And the love he shows for you through this. A quote to finish William Bridge, 17th century theologian. He said, Your faith will be established and your hearts comforted when you have come to Christ. For if Christ suffered such great things for you, then you must be assured that he will never forget you. Can a woman forget her child? No. Why not? Because she suffered to give it birth. And look, here is a suffering beyond all sufferings. It is Christ suffering for you. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for the solemn nature of today, but the joy that it brings. Lord Jesus, thank you for paying that price. Father, thank you for sending your son into the world. Thank you that even though it grieved the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit to do so, you did it because you love and you sought to redeem us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.